Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of your favorite music podcast, Music Rules. Jack just told me that he's got his microphone all the way up, and he said he was worried about peeking it. It seems like he has done just that. Yep, I have done that. I can see it on the waveform. Bad. And this is the kind of music-related discussion that you would expect from a music podcast such as this. (laughs) Yep, not just the rules of music. But the rules of audio production. That's right. Yeah, we all love to talk about peaking. (laughs) That's right. I'm really interested in one kind of peaking. Peaking Peaking duck. duck, Am I right? (laughs) Yeah, I could read that a mile away. By peaking duck, I mean I mean peaking duck the band. (laughs) Yeah, that's I I didn't I didn't know there was anything else other than peaking duck the (laughs) band. I'm unfamiliar with any other type of peaking duck. Yeah. Especially one that's in a little roll with some cucumber and hoisin sauce. Mm. Or maybe a little waddling animal friend who's at a rave or some sort of party. <laughs> little peeking duck. Maybe a little, yeah, a little animal friend who's kind of looking around a corner. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so today we have the, the distinct privilege... Of talking about one of the finest composers of the musical theatre genre, whose name is Stephen Spielberg. Oh, Stephen no. Stephen Sondonio. Sondonio. Stephen Soderberg. Stephen Sondonio. Stephen Sondheim. Sondwanaland. <laughs> Kyle Sondelands. <laughs> <laughs> um. We're talking about Stephen Sondheim today, uh, who is, you know, well-established as one of the best musical composers of all time, um, if not the best. Mm. Um, I don't actually know who would even compete with him. Yeah, I mean, well, obviously, we've already done High School Musical, so that can't really compete anymore, but... (laughs) Maybe, yeah, the miscellaneous writers of... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> High school musical That of which Walt Disney refused to to name The faceless <laughs> yeah. faceless people Oh, so sad So sad <clears throat> But yes We are doing uh, one of his One of Stephen Sondheim's musicals It's uh, a It's not his most popular one He's known for works such as Into the Woods mm-hmm. And the Sweeney Todd, the Demon Barber of Fleet Street, um, and he's done a bunch of other stuff like Company. Um, he wrote all the lyrics for West Side Story. Really? Yeah. What an impressive, um, uh, impressive resume. Yeah. Um, yeah, but uh, the one we're talking about today is called A Little Night Music, Eine kleine Nachtmusik. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> And it's based on a Swedish film by director Ingmar Bergman called Smiles of a Summer Night. Yes, a wonderful film that I watched in a bathtub in Hobart, Tasmania. Wow, that is yes. that is actually a weirdly incredible way to watch that movie, considering some of the stuff that goes on in it. Yeah, it was, um, it was I watched it for about an hour. And then the bath ran cold and it was too full for me to put on in any hot water because the bath had already <laughs> been filled up with hot water. So I had to sadly abort 
what was a really lovely viewing experience. <laughs> but uh, let me tell you, that hour was bliss. Excellent. Great to hear. Um, I guess the, the main story is that there's a guy. His name is Frederick. He's kind of this middle-aged lawyer dude. And he has a very young wife. Mm. Incredibly um, young wife. Incredibly young wife. I think she's supposed to be 19. 19, yeah. Eight, yeah. And um, let's just say they have some issues in the bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about the plot line like you're a reporter from like E! News. <laughs> let's just say things aren't all sunshine and roses in the household of the Engelmans. <laughs> That's right. And um, also in this household is his son, Henrik who's kind of like a really depressed musician type, mm. very relatable. Vibes. Who's also Honestly, studying vibes. to be a, a priest. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I, Henrik is vibes. I was sitting in the bathtub and I was just like, honestly, like, I feel like I'm just looking into a mirror right now because this is me <laughs> on screen. Um, so I guess the other main character is um, there is an actress called Desiree Armfeld, who is a previous girlfriend of the middle-aged lawyer dad character. <laughs> mm. and, and an absolute smoke show wow we my my experience of watching this movie was just being so completely shocked about how much um how much like kind of like sexual tension and energy and like really i don't know really kind of like i guess almost like like it feels like this movie wouldn't have come out in 1955 yeah it's because of like haze code stuff so like in the u.s we're used to seeing movies from the 50s from the united states right which are like very censored and like there mm. was a huge like amount of limits on what they could show and what they couldn't show how interesting including but not limited to like if a character was married at the start of the film they had to stay with like they had to end up with the person they were married to at the beginning of the film so oh. you have a whole genre of things called a comedy of remarriage which is just a result of the Hayes code where it's about a couple that kind of like splits up and then gets back together because they've learnt the error of their ways <laughs> that is so um, bizarre that is really 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 bizarre in this movie to kind of cut to the chase a bit um it basically ends with this guy's son running off with his wife mm. um and that's like that's the happy ending you mm. don't you're not supposed to feel like oh like they've done something wrong you're supposed to be like oh mm. okay yeah that's like good yeah. for them and i mean <laughs> i mean watching the movie it is definitely the right thing i actually wrote a synopsis of the plot i just wrote it's about a lawyer his young wife his son his ex-girlfriend her lover his wife and their romantic entanglements <laughs> <laughs> that's a good synopsis that's a, that's a good yeah that's line. about the size of it yeah um so I think somebody who's involved in the production of the musical described it as whipped cream with knives. Um, and because it's like this frivolous and light thing, but it, there are kind of these like darker sides to things. Okay. Um, and when he was writing the music, Stephen Sondheim kind of, he decided to make it a theme that everything would be in triple time oh. or like different variations of triple time. So if yeah. you listen to it, Everything is either in like three four or three two, like these simple triple time signatures, or it's in like a compound time signature with each beat divided into three, like a six eight or a twelve eight. 
Ah, I wonder what the thinking so, was. Some sort of a love triangle reference, perhaps? Yeah, I, <laughs> that's actually a really a great point. I, I don't know exactly what his thinking was. And I, I even, I have his book, <laughs> which I read mm. um, in preparation for this episode. I read the chapter about A Little Night Music. Um, I think he just, he thought it was like a really good way to tie a musical all together. Mm. Have a sense of unity throughout the music. Cool. Um, and there's so many different ways you can approach using triple time. So yeah, um, it's really, yeah, I think it's a really nice little. Yeah, the collection of limitations you chose are all very different, despite maybe sharing yeah. triple time as a common theme. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Maybe we should dive into one. Yeah. One of the songs. So the first song we're going to talk about is called "Now, Later, Soon," and it kind of introduces the three main perspectives of the. Uh, of the musical. So now is from the perspective of Frederick, the middle-aged lawyer. Later is from the perspective of Henrik, his depressed musician son. And then soon is from the perspective of Anne. The, the young wife. Now, as the sweet imbecilities tumble so lavishly onto her lap. Oh, Frederick, what a day it's been. An ending drama. While Pedro's now, first... there are two possibilities. A, I could ravish her. B, I could nap. That grumpy old Miss Nordstrom from next door. Her sister's coming for a visit. Say, it's the ravishment. Then we see the option that follows, of course. Do hope I'm imperious enough for the servants. I try to be, but half the time I think we're mad. A, the deployment of charm. Or B, the adoption of physical force. And the value jabbering on now for hours. Now be but if I assume my trip on my trouser, they crossing the road. I can't tell you how boring it was. I her hair getting tangled, her stays getting snapped. My nerves would be jangled, my energy sapped. You should have seen Mrs. Erling in the fishmonger. Removing her clothing would take me all day, and her subsequent clothing would turn me away, which eliminates B and which leaves us with A. Could you ever be jealous of me? Could you? Like the more of Venice. Now, insofar as approaching it, what would be festive but have its effect? Shall I learn Italian? I think it'd be amusing if the verbs aren't too irregular. Now, there are two ways of broaching it. A, the suggestive, and B, the direct. But then French is a much cheaper language. Everyone says so. Say that I settle on B to wit a charmingly lecherous mood. I know you like my hair this way, but on top of my head, like a siren. Hey, <laughs> I could put on my nightshirt or sit disarmingly B in the nude. Oh, Frederick, you should have seen that the great arrival. My body's all right, but not in perspective and not in the light. Poor Henrik, how comical I'm bound to be chilly and feel a buffoon, but nightshirts are silly in mid-afternoon. So Which leaves the suggestion, but how to proceed? Although she gets restive, perhaps I could read. In view of her penchant for something romantic, dishonest, and trenchant, and dickens too frantic, and stand all but ruin the plan of attack, as there isn't much blue in the red and the black. The Maupassant's candor would cause her dismay. The Brontes are grander, but not very gay. Her taste is much blander, I'm sorry to say, but as hands Christian Anderson ever escaped. Which eliminates it. My mental facilities partially muddied and ready to snap. I'm sure about the bracelet, but earrings, earrings, oh, which earrings? Now, though there are possibilities still to be studied, I might as well map. Mother's rubies. Oh, the diamonds are agony. Although I must adjust my original plan. Desiree Armfeld, I just know she'll wear the most glamorous gowns. Oh, 
shall I sleep half as deep as I usually can? Dear distinguished old Frederick. Later, Henrik, Henrik, later. Yes, we know, Henrik, oh, Henrik, everyone agrees. Henrik, please, Henrik, you have a thought. You're fairly bursting with a personal discovery or problem, and it's... What's your rush, Henrik, shush, Henrik, goodness, how you gush, Henrik, hush, Henrik, you murmur, I only, it's just that, for The one who mumbles, short and boring Yes, he's hardly worth ignoring And who cares if he's all damned I beg your pardon, up inside As I've Often stated It's intolerable Being tolerated Reassure, Henrik, poor Henrik, Henrik, you'll endure being pure, Henrik. Though I've been born, I've never been. How can I wait around for later? I'll be 90 on my deathbed and the late, or rather later, Henrik Egerman. Doesn't anything begin?
If I were perfect for you, wouldn't you tire of me? have it. A little night music indeed. I guess you could call that song a lot of night music because it is rather long. That was 10 minutes of (laughs) night music and you know what I adored every second. That was that was capital M music. That was capital C composition. I love that. That was so good. I love this song. I love to listen to it. I love to uh, show it to people. (laughs) Yeah. It's like that. It's um yeah. Sorry, I'll let you go first. Sorry. It's just a gorgeous kind of distillation of a whole lot of different musical things that I like. Like there are all these beautiful seventh chords and yes. interesting modulations. The music is reflecting the lyrics at every single point in time. Um, Stephen Sondheim often likes to say content dictates form. I'm sure it's not the first person to say that. But um, um, yeah, and it really is reflected in this song. And then the way that everything converges at the end is just mm. like, just like crack to me. Yeah. Um, 
it's absolutely like crack cocaine to me. And I apologize <laughs> for using drug terminology. Um, but it's just so beautiful. This, what we call counterpoint, the combination of independent melodies, which is almost like this Baroque technique. Um, but it has such a good role in the storytelling here as these three characters are kind of converging in these, you know, kind of unusual and uh, slightly weird ways. Mm. Um, yeah, I just, I love it so much. And I love how each character's perspective is so well represented yeah. in all of the music. I, I, yeah. I really love when uh, when musicals manage to get three people singing individual things that contain exposition at the exact same time. Oh, yeah. Like it was like, it was around like bar 108. Yeah. Fen and I have been reading the music while listening. It's been Yeah, great. which is something I've never done for this podcast yeah, before. Yeah, <laughs> because we don't often get to have music written out beforehand. But yeah, there's yeah. like, it's the, the three of them are singing, uh, Frederick, Henrik and Anne. And they're leaving space for each other and they're kind of finishing each other's words. And there was even this yeah. bit that was so clever, I thought. It was, uh, it was like Henrik... No, Frederick said something and then um, they both, like both Frederick and Anne ended on like E-N, but they were saying completely different words. Yeah, like it's totally. This, There's a lot of... Yeah, this minutia. Like, yes, like the way it's written is so clever and so specific and yeah. like the words are kind of like crossing over with one another, if, uh, one another, even if it's not like the same word, maybe the syllables are aligning or whatever and then... They're sometimes interacting. They're sometimes very independent. Yeah. Um, but I, I want to talk about the actual, like, the content of the song. Mm. So, basically, Frederick, he wants to have S-E-X with his wife. Right. Which, I guess, that is what a husband and a wife sometimes Gen- do. Generally, it's a thing. Generally probably. do. But in this case, they do not, as his wife is very young and uh, she... For whatever reason, she doesn't want to do that. Yeah. Fair enough. Respect to her. Yeah. Um, So, the first song now is about Frederick kind of devising these kind of silly ways to, like, maybe seduce his wife. He's saying, like, um, let me actually look at my notes so I'm not just just going off the dome. A a lot of them are very bad. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of them are very bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's probably the comedy of it. He weighs up these different options. He says, Hey, I could put on my nightshirt or sit disarmingly be in the nude. Yeah. <laughs> and then he says, B might arouse her, but if I assume I trip on my trouser while crossing the room. He's a very silly character, Frederick, um, even though he is kind of like the main kind of romantic interest of the movie. Mm. In uh, He looks absolutely ridiculous. He has like a gigantic nose and like the most ridiculous hair. Uh, in the movie, and they just keep making him look more and more silly, um, which is, uh, yeah, this kind of running, uh, like, visual gag in the movie that I found great. I, I didn't think he looked that silly. <laughs> I just, I was like, I was like, this guy is pretty hot. <laughs> you saw him and you're like, that's a normal guy. Yeah, yeah. Although he, his beard was a little bit, like, weird now his I think about it. His beard is weird. His beard is, like, very painted on. I'm just going to go th- quickly go through the notes that I wrote um, about now. Um, so it starts with this D flat major seven chord that's split into, uh, two distinct kind of like D flat and F and then C and A flat, which gives it this feeling of like a quick, perfect cadence kind of, Mm. um, like one five where you're just using the root in the third of the chord for both. 
Yeah. But yeah, it has this... Overall, it's a major seventh chord. Um, and then it kind of has this feeling where it's just kind of escalating. There's rising tension in Frederick that we can feel. Um, and I wonder why that could be. And uh, <laughs> so we have these kind of rising chords and they're not always like in the key of D flat major. So it's like the F7 chord follows that, which is not part of the key. And then it just keeps rising. It goes to like a G half diminished chord. There's also a lack of resolution to the tonic, which kind of mimics this like tension without any conclusion that Henrik is feeling in his inability to consummate his marriage. Um, and yeah, so that even when we do get resolutions, there's no like steadiness. There's no like root position chord one, root yeah. position tonic chord, which kind of makes things feel... Unfinished. Unstable, yeah. Unstable, yeah. Um, we then modulate to D minor using pivot notes. So, like, we go from D flat to D minor. We use the D flat as, like, the leading note of D minor. So, the D flat becomes C sharp. C sharp leads to D, um, which is a really nice way to do a little modulation to a foreign key. Mm. Um, yeah, and there's... Um, there's kind of this steady section in F major while he's considering his options the uh, aforementioned uh, <laughs> sitting in the nightshirt or sitting in the nude. Mm. Um, I also love the way this uh, this actor says the word nude. The word nude. <laughs> yeah, I thought like um, I thought it was so funny how like I guess weird he is because he's meant to be like a big player, right? Like, like overall well, in the musical? Yeah. Or did I misinterpret I that? I didn't think so. I I, I mean, kind of. Because everyone's just I, like, oh, Frederick, you old dog. Yeah, you old yeah. horn I dog. Think, yeah, it's more like, I think he, he just has these two. I don't think he's particularly a womanizer necessarily. Right. But I, there is one song where it kind of is implied that he is. But Stephen Sondheim said in his book that that song, which we're not going to talk about. Um, okay was one of the few examples of him sacrificing the character for the sake of humor. Ah, uh, okay. Um, yeah, so I feel like, ma- like maybe the musical lent more into Frederick being a bit of a himbo, whereas bit of a, in, yeah. in the movie he was a bit cooler and he had a really cool <laughs> bit. <laughs> he had a really cool bit. It was really awesome. Yeah. Um, um, I'll, I'll just keep going. So there's yeah. this essential uh, sequential repetition uh, where it, like it kind of stays in F and then it's like like it just keeps going up. But is that um, by tone? His, oh no, not key uh, changes. I think it's it's within. It's not changing key. Okay. It's just it's stepping up. Yeah. Um, within the key, and it's kind of like as he's playing out this hypothetical of you know what he's gonna do and what's his like plan of attack yeah. uh, with regards to seducing his young wife. Um, and then as his distress kind of increases where he realizes that it's kind of like, this is not the right kind of thing to do or whatever, or like, this is not going to work. There are more chromatic uh, notes added. So in the line, removing her clothing would take me all day and her subsequent loathing would turn me away, which eliminates B and which leaves us with A. Um, like it's really like chromatic. (laughs) Yeah. And then, so then... It finally ends with a coda, which is kind of the most stable, um, the harmony feels um, in the entire song. Uh, And it's this really beautiful section where he's kind of singing very operatically. 
Hmm. He goes, and now I still want and or love you. <laughs> so it's got this like, there's this hesitancy in the lyrics. So even though he's kind of expressed this wanting, like he wants to, you know, do the, do the thing. Do, <laughs> I can't even say that word. You know what? Um, He wants to do the you know what with his wife, which is perfectly, perfectly legal. Um. <laughs> But he's still kind of unsure about his feelings. Like he says, I still want and and slash or love you. <laughs> <laughs> um which will definitely come into play a little bit later. Um and but yeah, it's like this really, really sweet, beautiful melody. Mm. So let's move on to the second section. I'm just gonna barrel through this almost like a lecture because I just I wrote so many notes on this song and then I wrote no notes on any other. Honestly, songs. I'm 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 <laughs> here for it. I'm absolutely okay. here for it. I love the fact that we have the music too. That's a that's a music rules privilege we rarely get. Yeah. It makes it's, things easier. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah. So then the next song, which is called Later, uh, it's from the perspective of Frederick's son, Henrik, not confusing at all. Um who's starting to be a priest, but is an avid musician and music enjoyer, I wrote. Kind of like Henrik is kind of the typical fan of this podcast. <laughs> he is. <laughs> he's kind of like a dude in his 20s. Yeah. Hey, but... <laughs> spends a lot of time in, in the house. Yeah. Hey, but uh, 12%, 12 uh, of, our, of our fans are also Anne's, another character from this play, so... That's true. Yeah, yeah we have... We, we love to see it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Anne is kind of the typical uh, female uh, music roles fan. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so this song later, from the perspective of Henrik, it kind of starts with him like practicing his cello, um, which is really funny. I found this bit so funny because he's like, he gets like interrupted, and then Anne's like, "Stop playing cello," and then he's just like, "Later, when?" <laughs> like while he's still practicing. <laughs> Yeah, but like yeah, I yeah. also I I really understand, like this is meant to be him at his most vulnerable, right? Like it's kind of like a bit funny. Yeah, but I I also I really 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 relate to the fact of like being so upset when someone interrupts you practicing. I would hate mm. that so much. Like I don't really practice much anymore. But when I was younger and I was like trying to learn a song or something, and someone would be like, "Oh, can I help help with this?" and I'm like, "No." <laughs> Get away from wow, me! Yeah, like I'm, I'm practicing. What do you it's mean later? Sad in, in the, um, in the movie as well. It's like, I mean, it's not. Uh, Stephen Sondheim finds these really great kind of musical uh, analogs to stuff that happens in the movie. So like, and like, she really like berates him in one scene, mm. uh, and then slaps afterwards him in the she kind of like she slaps him in the face, and then she starts crying, and then she storms out. And it feels like she's trying to play this role of, like, a mother figure to him. Mm. Like, trying to be this strict person to him. But it just is, like, it feels wrong it's or whatever. Weird. And she's trying to force herself to do that. Yeah. Super, Super <laughs> very weird. weird psychological scene. Yeah. It's kind of... <laughs> but in this scene, it's, like, it's her berating him for uh, for practicing uh, late at night. Um, so, it's in this, like, kind of dark minor key... Um, C sharp minor, which is the parallel minor compared to the first movement. So the the tonic note is the same. It's just the minor version, mm. which I guess you know, father and son, whatever. Um, yeah, that's a that's a cool and pickup. Yeah, and uh, yeah, related keys, relatives. No, well they are it's relatives. Not the, it's not the actually relative. It's the parallel, but oh, yeah. close enough. <clears throat> 
Yeah, so he's like a severely uh, depressed guy, and in the movie he gets very kind of dismissed by his father when he kind of expresses these feelings, and he kind of gets a bit dismissed by everybody except for um, except for the young wife Anne. Um, what I found really interesting is the cello melody, which is he's playing on stage in the musical. Um, it's sometimes like a counter melody. It's sometimes imitating the vocals, or sometimes the vocals are imitating the cello. Hmm. So it's this really fun like technique of like the the him practicing cello while he's singing the song is so good like it's mm. so cool. Um, compared to the opening song, compared to now, it's definitely more standard kind of nineteenth century minor harmony. I wrote uh, compared to the more modern kind of impressionist uh, use of seventh chords in the in yep. now the stuff that follows. Uh, yeah, it's it's a bit more traditional, which kind of goes back to him being this kind of traditional guy or he's studying to be a priest and he's like kind of conservative in what he wears and mm. he um he doesn't want to do the wrong thing at any given point. He wants to be kind of a moral uh person. Yeah. Which is funny, like his father is probably a more has a more modern approach to morality, mm. um, even though he's an older person. Um, yeah, there's some good moments of humor in this. Um, and it's, yeah, I don't know, there are just things that maybe aren't even supposed to be funny, but it's it's just so extreme that it is. Like when he says, for God's sake, and he like sings this high B, which is an extremely high note for like mm. a tenor vocal range. It's like, for God. Yeah, that was that was one of my notes. I think that was the first note I wrote. I wrote that high note is so big. <laughs> yeah, it really it's is. It's really really long, oh, and God. I think it like it needs to be that long because while that's happening, it's like there's this entire cello melody, which is like, oh, mm. uh, maybe maybe there isn't. No, Whatever. no, there is. I'm looking at Dun, it. Da, 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 yeah, yeah. As I've often stated and uh there's a funny moment as well where he says um he's talking about himself in third person a lot he says yeah. henrik who is henrik oh that lawyer's son <laughs> the short one and who boring mumbles. yes hardly worth <laughs> yes, hardly ignoring, worth ignoring. and who cares if he's all damned and then in the score it says he looks up because when he says the word damned he feels guilty looking up and then God. he says i beg your pardon <laughs> Yes, he's hardly worth ignoring And who cares if he's all damned I beg your pardon He's such a little loser I <laughs> yeah, feel so I bad for him I feel bad <laughs> I, You know, I, I I didn't even realize there was anything wrong Like, I knew there was something wrong with him in the movie But I just, I saw his father and I was like I was like, yeah, you know, Frederick seems cool Like, Henrik's just sort of sad, I guess Yeah, and, and it's really he's sad he's got some things wrong with him But like, you know, his dad's chill There's a really good line later Well, what a funny thing is like so after he apologizes to god then the song shifts to a major key for two bars and mm. it's almost like he's trying to like be good or something yeah does it or he's trying to, to like, like relative major or something it goes to the, the parallel major just for two bars when right. he says as i've often stated and then he says and then often it shifts stated. back to minor in this really it's intense intolerable. way and he says Yes, it's intolerable being it's tolerated, intolerable which I think is a really, a really great. Line. Reassure Henrik, poor Henrik, you'll enjoy being pure. You'll enjoy being pure, yeah, because that's one, of, you know, another thing in the movie that he kind of struggles with. 
he's wanting to be pure, but also he's um he's a twenty one year old red blooded male. Yep. That's that's <laughs> our guy. <clears throat> yeah. Um yeah, so one thing that gives it a bit more of this tormented feeling is um some chromatic embellishments of some of the chords so like instead of having just a straight up five seven chord it'll be like a five seven with a flat nine Mm. um and then also there's a lot of use of augmented thirds and augmented fourths which is not super common in baroque and classical melodies in fact it's kind of like you know a bit banned and augmented fourths are considered like the devil's interval so to have somebody who's starting to be a priest singing these augmented kind of more demonic intervals is kind mm. of this interesting choice it's showing his like inner torment yeah plus it's the other thing i wrote is that it's in three two which is like a pro- probably the slowest triple time that you could have yeah um um I, well it's not it's not th- you could have three one i guess <laughs> <laughs> i guess so. I, I just wanted yeah. to zero in on something you said just then so you said the devil's interview interval a little bit banned yeah. now i've heard you before as a great uh, a spokesperson for the fact that the tritones were actually present in like early harmony, Western harmony. Oh yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Well, I mean, they're, they're in, they're in uh, like seventh chords, like five yeah. seven chords and stuff like that. But melodic tritones um, are yeah considered like you shouldn't do it in when you're writing four part harmony. Yeah. For example, if you're doing an A M E B theory exam, yeah, you wouldn't <laughs> want to put a sharp four on top of things. Yeah. I, well, yeah, you wouldn't want to have movement by an augmented interval because yeah. it's like supposedly hard to sing. Oh. So like melodic movement in an augmented When I tried to sing Maria from West Side Story before, I'm pretty sure I just sang it fourth. Actually, um, I, 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 that was a flex. I, I apologize. No, well, well, now I'm here and I'm completely emasculated. I feel like Henrik just sing, and your Frederick. If you just sing The Simpsons, then you'll be able the to get it. The Simpsons. There we go. Yeah, you got it. I, I, I read, I read um, a quick tip from uh, the singer of the band Noah. Do you know Noah? No. Uh, Louis Cole. Uh, she, oh, yeah. She, um, it's it's Louis's yeah, partner. Uh, she said that the trick to singing a tritone downwards is to say the word mildew. Like mildew. Uh, I didn't quite get it. Mildew. Mildew. Yeah. Mildew. Yeah. Just a little quick aside. Interesting trick. Yeah. I feel like you would already need to know how to sing a tritone in order to be able to really pull that one off. That's true. Um. But yeah, um, there's, the, I don't know. It Maybe like, maybe the fact that there's like sharp fours in Henrik's song is kind of, hinting at the fact that he's probably not as traditional or not as pure yeah as he he is attempting to be himself maybe yeah yeah um so the next song or the next part of this big big song is called soon um it's this very kind of light waltz feeling uh which is really representative of the character of Anne, who i guess at this point in the musical she represents like purity and kind of naivety and simplicity and like lightness and all of these like all of these things we haven't really seen too much uh complexity in her character yet but it kind of is gradually revealed over the course of the musical Mm. whereas at the beginning you just think oh like this is this guy's young wife and you know she's very kind of she's beautiful she's gentle and she seems kind of shallow one thing we didn't talk about is there's like these dialogue interruptions in the song now where 
it's like now is Frederick's internal monologue his thinking what can I do to seduce her I can like can I read her a book that has like you know kind of horny material in it you know <laughs> is Hans Christian Andersen ever risque he says um <laughs> and um it's it's so ridiculous it's so funny but then like while he's saying that like she keeps interrupting and saying like shall I learn Italian oh no French is a much chicer language <laughs> And my dress is good, but earrings, earrings, earrings which earrings, earrings should I wear today? And, like, yeah. and saying, like, would you ever be jealous of me? <laughs> yeah. Kind of Which like, she actually, in the musical, she says, would you ever be jealous of me like the Moor of Venice? Which is an Othello reference. In the movie, she says, would you be jealous of me if I got with your son? Yeah. <laughs> and he says, yes. <laughs> he says, yes, I do suppose, because you two are so young and I'm so old. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Oh my god, it's all so sad. Um, but yeah. yeah, while still being a comedy. So anyway, it's in, in this like major key with this kind of tonic dominant movement in the bass. All, boom, all, all, boom, all I want to say boom. is, I I wouldn't want to be a fly on the wall at the Engelman uh, family dinner, Christmas dinner. Yeah. Far yeah. out. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, maybe you would want to be a fly on the wall. Yeah. Oh my god, that would be so juicy. <laughs> yeah. Um, Sorry, I interrupted so, yeah, your it's point. Pleasant, pleasant major key. There's a very bright modulation to an unrelated key. So it goes from B flat major to D major, mm. um, which is kind of. Um, so if you remember, now goes from D flat major to F major, mm. and so this one is doing like a a similar yeah kind of movement, upper major third. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so the, another thing I like in this is there are these like unfinished sentences um, where she's saying, soon I promise, soon I won't shy away, which is kind of, you know, a reference to the stuff that we've been talking about in this song. <laughs> and then she says, dear old, and then she doesn't finish the sentence. So it leaves you kind of wondering who she's talking about. Mm. Um, and there's even one moment where she says, Soon, I promise soon, I won't shy away. Dear old... And then she gets cut off by Henrik's cello playing. Yeah. And then she says, Henrik, that racket, your father's sleeping. So it's kind of like, soon I won't shy away, dear old. And then the next word she says is Henrik. Yeah. Um, Oh, that's clever. It's kind of a bit of foreshadowing of uh, what's to come. Another thing that I love in this is... So there's... um, the harmony increases in complexity as like more of her internal feelings are kind of revealed. Um, there's this really cool chord progression. It goes like it's in B major, it goes B and then F7, then C sharp major seven, and then F sharp nine. So it's kind of this kind of chromatic, um, yeah, progression. And over top of that, she has this three against two hemiola where she says. And you have to admit I'm a dearing Oh, help keep things humming um, Yeah, which is like, yeah, really cool Yeah, the, um, Sondheim really is a master of um, triple of meter stuff Yeah, <laughs> super cool Yeah, because like he's using it as this waltz Which is very like boom, cha-cha, boom, cha-cha, boom, cha-cha, boom, cha-cha So then when she has that rhythm where it's like boom, cha-cha, cha-cha, boom, cha-cha it's really cool and then um it kind of switches to 
this really syncopated uh, Scherzando section. Which says, mm. I adore you. Yeah, I made a note of that too. I really like it. it I, it's such a beautiful melody. Yeah. I, I like I'm obsessed with that melody. I, I like the rhythm, the short, long, short, long, 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 long. It's almost like. Yeah, it's really. It made me realize I don't often hear that rhythm outside of 5 4 context. Like, do get, do get, do get, do get, short, long, long, long. But this is, of course, oh, short, long, short, long, 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 long. Yeah. Yeah. And it's um yeah, so it's in that if section where she says, Think of how I adore you, think of how much you love me. If I were perfect for you, wouldn't you tire of me soon? Which is such a funny line as well. If I were perfect for you, wouldn't you tire of me soon? Um mm. it's um it's in three two, which I wrote perhaps a reference to Henrik's section, even though in this part in the lyrics just clearly talking to frederick like mm. um saying that well, okay yes i'm not perfect for you but whatever well yeah while, um, while we were listening i had a quick wiki sesh and i looked at the um at the stuff that someone had written about the the three things and apparently it, lyrically three is represented by if there's a duo singing together they're referencing a third person yeah. who isn't there oh wow that is that's crazy yeah Whoa. This is very clever writing. That's cool. Um, yeah, and then when she says the word soon, which is the title of the song, there's this kind of extended um, chords underneath that, which are moving via tritone. Uh, so it's like E major 7 to B flat 7. Mm. So once again, it's this kind of off interval um, where there's something more complicated happening under the surface here. Um, yeah. And then later, probably my favorite part of the song is when all the themes come together um, and they're all kind of interacting with each other. So mm. it's interesting because Anne is saying like, soon I promise, which then you can kind of read as a response to Henrik saying, later, when is later? Mm. You know what I mean? So he says later, when is later? And then she says, soon, I promise. Mm. So it's kind Set of, once so again, well. kind of this foreshadowing of Anne and Henrik eventually coming together. Yeah. Uh, at, at, at bar 96, the there's this excellent moment where Anne goes soon, Frederick goes now, Henrik goes later. So it's a nice yeah. little reference. Although I get the song is called Now, Later, Soon. Not soon, now, later. Yeah, right. Yeah, how dare he? How dare he mix it up like that? And they also kind of trade roles at different points where like, um, which is kind of, once again, they in the movie they are also trading roles in terms of their relationships uh, yeah. with one another. It's this shifting, evolving thing. So um, that's also kind of this nice thing that happens. And it's funny what they're all talking about. Where Anne is talking about, you know, uh, ambiguous insert um, insert Egerman here, mm. uh, love interests, um, then. Henrik is saying, "Death, let it come to me now." <laughs> and Frederick is and then riffing Frederick about is saying, how to seduce his wife. come to me soon." <laughs> <laughs> also, at this point, it should be noted that in the musical, Frederick is like asleep, and he's just muttering kind of nonsense in his sleep. Mm. Um, yeah, so we, like, it's kind of his. The, his lyrics don't exactly make sense, but it's just kind of muttering this kind of, um, yeah, horned up nonsense, I guess. 
Um, and I and I noted that uh, Henrik and Anna they kind of are in rhythmic unison for a certain amount of this, which kind of once again is pairing them up more compared to Frederick being kind of in his own world. Then the ending of the song, Frederick says the word Desiree, which is the name of his ex-girlfriend. Ooh, drama alert. A brilliant actor. Um, And in the movie that happens when he and his wife are kind of canoodling in bed and then, uh, and he's kind of sleepy or eyes closed. And then he says the word Desiree. That was a really weird scene. Cause like he starts to like he starts to like caress his wife and like and she's like mm, this is nice and they're getting a little bit intimate and then he goes mm, Desiree how I've dreamt of you <laughs> and then his and then wife he takes her out. to he takes his wife to a play and who's on stage but Desiree Armfelt that's right and uh, she is quite uh, his wife is quite upset by that yeah and then later on <laughs> she goes. Oh, that woman, she must be at least 50. <laughs> yeah. So mean. So mean. <laughs> but yeah, there's a, a bunch of other stuff that happens like after this song where Frederick then goes to meet up with Desiree and they kind of reconnect in a way um, and they talk for a long time into the night um, and that also makes Anne feel jealous. Um, but And then in the movie... Desiree and Frederick get interrupted by the greatest character, um, Carl Magnus. Yeah. Um, who's this ridiculous guy who, like, he's like the most blunt person ever. He He's in the army and he comes to Desiree's house. Desiree is his mistress, right? And he has a wife. And he says, I've, I've traveled three hours to be here. I will spend five hours with you, seven hours with my wife, and then I shall spend three hours to return home <laughs> or to return to the army base. Yeah. And it's like this really blunt person. Yeah. And and then... And this really, like, ridiculous character. And and then when he busts... And he has a monocle. Yeah. When, when, when he busts uh, Frederick with Desiree and he's upset about yeah. it, he goes... And Frederick is wearing his dressing gown. Yeah, because his clothes <laughs> yep. got wet. And then um, the Count goes, see that picture there? I'm going to throw this knife into it and hit the lady in the eye. <laughs> and then he throws it and hits the lady in the eye at this painting. And then Frederick, yeah. to which Frederick says, you should join a circus. <laughs> great. I, I love Frederick. I think, I, I, you know, aside from the problematic aspect of marrying a woman less than half your age, uh, yeah. I thought he was a very funny character. Yeah. And the, the thing is, he's not... Like, he's not actually, like, a really bad person. Yeah. I think aside aside from that like, action and, like, yeah, it's just... He's just kind of dopey. I mean, this is set at, like, the turn of the century, so I guess it would have, you know, the morals and the standards of things yeah. would be different. Although, obviously, I mean, obviously that still happens. People still have young wives. Robert De Niro is having a baby with his, like, 29-year-old girlfriend. So... Um, <laughs> And so is Al Pacino. Yeah, right. <laughs> having a baby with Robert De Niro's 29-year-old yeah. girlfriend. Um, <laughs> of course. Yeah, Leonardo DiCaprio, favorite of the podcast. Oh, yeah. Famously won't be with anyone under 25. Not not to get into age gap discourse, but I guess we've kind of set ourselves, ourselves yeah. up for but it. But no, I, 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 I agree with what you say. Like, Frederick 
like aside from that action which is you know culturally contextually different whatever he's just like he's just yeah. dopey and kind of funny yeah yeah he's such a dope yeah um and you get the sense that he really does like he really cares for Anne. yeah he also really cares for desiree they were together for two years uh, after frederick's first wife after frederick's wife died he was with desiree after that for a couple of years and then they split things off but they've remained friends throughout all these years and they've yeah. continued to kind of see each other every now and then and they've it seems like they've been good friends to each other mm. which is kind of this like sweet um aspect mm. of their relationship a, a, a bit of the movie um, where i was like this is so wild was when desiree is like in the bath and then she goes yeah, oh that- frederick come come look at me and then then he's just then she's just like do you think i'm as beautiful as i was 20 years ago or whatever to which frederick goes you are beyond perfection the word perfection does not begin to describe cannot begin to reach (laughs) what what i'm looking at and then she goes all right go away now and he walks away Mm -hmm. which is a pretty intense thing for friends uh, to do they do more than that in the uh in the music really pretty sure do they do the aforementioned sex I think so, yeah. Whoa. <laughs> um, which, I mean, yeah, like, it's makes kind of sense. They're both yeah. old. <laughs> it's true. I mean, it's not, not, it's pretty, it's pretty, it's pretty messed up. It's pretty mean to his wife to do that. Of course. And, um, and to the count. And to we the We must count. consider Don't the feelings the of count. Uh, Carl Magnus. Yeah. He, another good line of his is, he says, you can sleep with my wife, but if you sleep with my mistress, I shall kill you. Yeah, that was so funny. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't he say that and to his later, wife? I, I, I think he says it in front of his yeah, wife. Yeah, because like his wife's like, they're at the shooting range at their house and he's teaching his wife how to shoot. And then he's just like, touch my, mis- touch my wife. What have you? That's my mistress. Such a... Yeah, <laughs> I shall get ye. It's it's funny. Every male character in this is like completely ridiculous. Um, I I mean, like there's like some humanity to them as well, mm. obviously. And then every female character is like, yeah, the female characters are really interesting. I guess I can just put it that way. But like, they're quite like, even though they're in unfortunate situations, they don't feel like powerless necessarily. Um. Like the count's wife is very capable of firing a gun, yeah, <laughs> and does so yeah. multiple times. And 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 the women in this they gossip and they share information about their un- unfaithful husbands, yeah. which and... brings us to the next song that I want to talk Ooh, about. Fantastic, which is called "Every Day a Little Death." Um, so this is a conversation between Anne and the count's wife, um, who are kind of old friends, and. Yeah, they're, they are, um, you know, they're kind of sharing war stories about how they feel like they've, you know, they've both been cheated on by their husbands. And the Count is very obvious about it. Frederick is a little more deceptive about it, I guess. Um, but yeah, they've both, they've both suffered. Every day a little death In the parlour, in the bed curtains in the silver in the buttons in the bread 
every day a little sting in the heart and in the head every move and every breath and you hardly feel a thing brings a perfect little death he smiles sweetly strokes my hair says he misses me i would murder him right there but first i die he talks softly of his wars and his horses and his horse Every day, a little death. Got big Zoomer energy. Um, big Gen Z TikTok energy. Every day, a little death. <laughs> really? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like, it's very like, yeah. You know, but I guess yeah. in this context, or in that context, it's about, you know, their husbands being awful. And in this yeah. current context, it's about it's global catastrophe. But yeah, it, I, 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 do, so. I, do feel, I do feel like Zoomer energy coming from this. A little bit, yeah. I mean, it's these two young women that kind of bonding about the ways they've been mistreated. And, but it's like, almost like so much more complicated than that. It's really, I love the way that it's written where it's like, even though they're being mistreated, like they still find themselves, well, especially Charlotte, the Count's wife, Mm. she's still like, so in love, can't help the way that she feels. She loves this man so much, like... I love the the line where she says like he assumes I lose my reason and I do where it's like she's so resentful of him like he talks sweetly of his wars of his horses and his whores like of the way that he you know acts you know towards her mm. um but then like when he kisses her and shows her affection and all this stuff like she just can't help the way that she feels mm. it's really really sad yeah. song and uh, it's but it's also like this really nice moment of like commiseration between these two friends yeah um, this, this is like midway through the musical isn't it yeah 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 it's kind of just before the end of the end of act one yeah uh it's got this beautiful like lilting kind of lydian uh six eight feel Da, 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 da. It's got that raised fourth, which is really nice. 
Yeah, there's like some um, really crazy. Um, if, I, I didn't really get a chance to read it because I'm not very quick at reading music, but at bar 22, that feels like there's some like fifth harmony, like some really wild key change around there. Um, or not key change, just some yeah. like non-diatonic harmony that comes in. Yeah, there's definitely, there's like, um, yeah, I haven't actually properly looked at the chords for this one either. <laughs> yeah, it feels like really, um, yeah, it feels really modern, just like crazily modern. Yeah, totally. Like something that I'd hear like Adam Neely create, you know, that sort of yeah. thing. I love the way the melody is um, constructed, how it kind of has these expanding intervals. It's really, really nice writing. Um, and I love when the, when the two women like begin to interact yeah um oh, another great line is i would murder him right there but first i die it's like it's so sad mm. she hates him so much but she like just can't help it yeah um i i feel like the men are stupid and insane loves disgusting loves insane like this this came out 40 business. years ago like this is that's yeah. like i feel like that could be lyrics to a paramore song Men are stupid yeah. and insane. Loves disgusting, loves insane. You know, it's just really like, yeah, it's so poppy. Is it and insane or, or and and are vain? Oh, men are stupid. Yeah, sorry, you're right. It's men are stupid and are vain. Loves disgusting, loves insane. That's the one. Yeah, it's so 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 poppy. Um, and I also love, love disgusting and insane. Loves disgusting uh, and. I love the bit when she says, so this is like how Anne gets introduced in the song mm. or like when she first enters, it's all like Charlotte talking about her problems. And then she says, I think love's a dirty business. And then Anne goes, so do I. Yeah. <laughs> it's a nice moment of connection for two women in these really unfair situations. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. And then I love how at the beginning of the next um, melodic phrase, Anne says, so do I again, but it's like down a fourth and it kind of crosses over with what Charlotte's saying. Mm. And it kind of feels like these conversations that, you know, you have with your friends where you're like venting about something or, you know, you're mm. commiserating together and yeah, you have those little moments of interjection where you're like, yeah, yeah like that is true. Like, mm. yeah, that sucks. Mm. Um, and then I love the last kind of, well, the second half of the song where they're kind of interacting um, it's got this melodic imitation that happens, but they're saying different words. So, um, and there's like a two bar, it's almost like a canon where there's like a two bar delay before Anne enters. So it'll be like, every day a little death, every day a little death, in the parlor, in the head, on the lips and in the eyes. And they have these different like small representative things that, are showing the ways that they feel slighted or the ways that they feel betrayed or hurt. Um, yeah, and so for Anne, it's like in the murmurs, in the pauses, in the gestures, in the sighs. So she's noticing all these ways that Frederick has changed around her, mm. how he's acting differently around her since that night with Desiree, yeah. perhaps. Um, and it's just really sad. Like she's being, you know, mistreated and... Yeah, and every day a little dies mm. <laughs> yeah. in the heart and in the head, in the looks and in the lies. 
Um, yeah, it's sad. It is sad. I've said it's sad so many times. It's because it's sad, Finn. <laughs> so sad. It's because it's sad. Also, a little, the the little death or le petit mort in French mm-hmm. is a euphemism. Oh, what's the euphemism I'm for? not going to explain. Oh, <laughs> wait. Well, let me look it up. Uh, look it up. Look it up. The, a, a little death euphemism. Um, oh, kind of goes back to one of the uh, central themes of yeah. the musical, I guess. Yeah, yeah, it, it's it's a th- it's a sex related thing for the listener who's wondering. Yeah. But um, you, you look it up on your own yeah. because we're not about that. You look it up on your own. Um, we're not about that life. No, <laughs> I I uh, I thought this song sounded so much like four at times, like instead of triplet stuff. Because there's these... Well, it's, these in, long... uh, it's in duple time, but it's... Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I guess it, there's a bit of crossing over. Yeah. Because just, just when... um Mostly just when Anne just goes like, he assumes I'll lose my reason. And I... D-. Like, it's just... Because she's singing every... um Every, like, three uh, quavers. Dotted crotchet. Yeah. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She's singing okay. dotted crotchets. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So... Yeah. Yeah. So the pulse is yeah, it's a duple pulse, but then the divisions are in three. Yeah. It's really So it's just really yeah, it's cool. a nice An- way to another like, kind of demonstration of sometimes mastery of three writing in triple yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty song. Um, okay, so I think it might be time to uh send in the clowns. Oh damn. So I'll give a little context to the song because I feel like this song is it's the most popular from the musical. It's a very well known song that people don't know the context of it at all. So that's really so interesting the, to the me. The context like, is it oh, was yeah, actually, from the Simpsons, from, right? They did it first. Yeah, that's right. And then it's from Joker movie, um, <laughs> starring Joaquin Phoenix. Um, yeah, so it's Desiree sings it after she's kind of she wants to be with uh, Frederick ultimately Desiree because they've been old friends and like she has finally realized come to this realization yeah like this is the man that she loves and she wants to spend the rest of her life with her well her life with him and she actually has a daughter named Frederica Mm. who it's heavily implied is uh Frederick's child yeah um and so there's all this like emotional baggage in this connection so she wants to spend her life with him and she's an actor she's been on the road she's traveled a lot she's been this person who's never really settled down and she's finally decided like this is the person i want to settle down with and at this point in the musical he says actually you know i should uh they're all at desiree's country house because she invites every character in the musical to go to the country house together and events ensue but um yeah, at this point, Frederick kind of rejects her. He says, actually, you know, I'm in love with my young wife. I'm sorry. You know, I shouldn't have come here. And that's when Desiree sings Send in the Clowns. Uh, she feels really kind of hurt and sad. And yeah, I think we should listen to it and then we can talk about it. Cool. Isn't it rich? Are we a Clowns. 
there are the clouds Send in the clouds Just when I stopped Opening doors Finally knowing the one that I wanted was yours Making my entrance again with my usual Sure of my lines, no one is there. Don't you love the fuss? My fault, I fear. I thought that you'd want what I want. Sorry, my dear. But where are the clouds? Quick, send in the clouds. Don't bother. Clowns have been sent. <laughs> um, yeah, I love this song. It's like a really, it's a classic. It's, like you would have heard yeah, it a million times but before. I, I, I've never but heard it in context yeah. before. And I've never heard it in yeah. like the, the musical context and knowing the story. And it's, yeah, really heartbreaking. I, I really it love the character like, of Desiree. I th- yeah, I think she's, she's like this... Yeah, this uh, talented actress and everybody kind of worships and adores her, but ultimately she's deeply, deeply lonely mm. because she's lived this life of performing in the theater and traveling Very around. Life. She barely sees her, you know, her daughter in the musical or her son mm. in the uh, in the movie. Um, and yeah, so she just ha- never has this feeling of security or anything it's the one constant in her life has been this man frederick Mm. um this kind of old flame that she's retained as an old friend Mm. uh, and she's finally decided she wants to be with him and he decides that it's not the right timing Mm. for him or he doesn't want to be with her yeah it's really sad yeah and they have such good chemistry early on and you sort of it does feel like that she's the one person who kind of understands frederick totally and frederick can be himself and yeah. And and, yeah. and likewise with her. Like this Count guy, <laughs> Count Count Carl Magnus. He's not exactly the most uh, emotional no. uh, person. Yeah, he's he just doesn't get it. Doesn't can't connect with her properly and yeah. I don't know if he can connect with anybody. <laughs> <laughs> well, he does end up reconnecting with his wife by the end of the uh, movie, which mm. is nice. Um <laughs> Well, 
I don't know. I don't know if it's that <laughs> nice for her. Nice enough for what <laughs> it is. It's nice enough, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, one really important detail that I got from reading Stephen Sondheim's book is um, the line, don't you love farce, was very problematic because um, if it was said incorrectly, it sounds like, don't you love arse? Really? Um don't you so love if you listen to oh of course her <laughs> singing she goes don't you love fast <laughs> like really emphasizes mm. the ve yeah because i guess i guess love oh, ending with a funny f- love fast Lo- you love fast love fast hey i'm a fast lover i mean wait it doesn't <laughs> work when you flip it around lover of fast yeah anyway let's break down some of these lyrics um isn't it rich? Are we up here? Me here at last on the ground. You in midair. Let's see. Yeah, kind of a reference to her kind of being... She's finally at a stage in her life where she's kind of grounded and kind of settled, yeah. ready to settle down. And he's kind of doing whatever nonsense with his young wife. Um. And yeah, when they're talking about where are the clowns, send in the clowns. Uh, she's kind of... Um. Well, actually, there's a there's a reprise of this song towards the end of the musical. Um, when she says, "Don't bother, they're here," um, it's a reference to like herself and Frederick, and I guess all the characters. They're all a bit kind of silly or doing crazy stuff, just like like a clown do. Yeah, <laughs> the clowns are already here. Yeah. Well, I, I guess she maybe she's also putting herself as a, a clown, like. For the fact that she, yeah, she let no, her she guy is. go away because she's too busy. Yeah, she kind of let her... Right, right, right. And then it, it's also implied in the movie that he maybe back then never really intended on marrying her. Mm. Um, but by the end of the uh, musical, they just kind of they end up together, which is nice, but it's kind of in this sad way where it's like, okay, well, I mean, this dude's young wife just ran off with his son, so... yeah. He's kind of, he gets left. It's not really tidy. <laughs> it's not super tidy. No. And I'm sure she still feels hurt by it. But mm. um, yeah, it's like this bittersweet ending. Yeah. Uh, which is one thing I love about Stephen Sondheim. It's not like, nothing is like straightforward. Mm. People's emotions aren't straightforward in any of the songs. Yeah. Like, like he could have written every day a little death. It's just this like, men suck. Like men are dumb. Mm. you know kind of song um paramore-esque <laughs> but it's there's more to it than that it's like it's like yes men are dumb but but yeah but, but <laughs> here are these women knowing this and throwing themselves into romantic relationships yeah with it's these like absolute I, clowns. I know that yeah i know this man is dumb but also Despite like that when he like you know shows me affection i can't help but feel like cared mm. for and then and it's also not just men are dumb, but, you know, men f- make me feel uh, increasingly empty through an accumulation of small actions uh, in my life. Um, I'm not saying that. The characters. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I, I never noticed yeah. the thing um, where there's like that key change. It's like, kind of like not a key change. Chord change to the four uh, where she says... Me here at last on the ground, you in mid air. It's like a bar yeah, of yeah, nine yeah. eight. Like they subtract a. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like this uh, metric modulation. Mm. We call it. 
where yeah he wrote about this how um leonard bernstein kind of influenced him to be feel a little bit more free with his use of mm. meter um which is great it's this thing that we've talked about before being expressive with your use of meter yeah. making the meter follow the melodic phrase yeah. rather than um rather than the other way around yeah it's like and, and and it makes it a little less tidy and that is the kind of what we're talking about as like a theme of things like like it's not really that that yeah. bar isn't taken to its full fruition it's cut cut off mid mid part yeah um, yeah one other thing he talked about when writing this song is that the actress who played Desiree in the original Broadway production she had this kind of limited vocal range mm. and she also couldn't sustain a note for very long so what he did is he wrote the song as a series of questions where he could kind of have these shorter phrases and leave these bigger gaps. Mm. Um, and he and it's in a reasonably limited range. Yeah. Which is interesting that it's become kind of like this, you know, almost like this diva song. Yeah. This like, you know, popular song for f- proper, you know, famous singers to do because it was written with these really strict limitations in mind. Yeah, and, and it was written as like an 11 o'clock number. Um, oh, right. Yeah. What does that mean? Well, I was actually, <laughs> I wrote here a big 11 o'clock number and then I was hoping that you would jump in and explain what it was because I don't really know. But <laughs> I feel like... It's the theatre term for the big show-stopping song that happens late in Act 2, usually sung by a major character that comes to a realisation. Mm. They have this name because the song would often occur around 11 o'clock. Yeah, so think of like um, comes from Defying Gravity Broadway from Wicked. Direct.com. Defying yeah. Gravity is a great example or... Um, What's like, uh, what's some other big closes? I so much like imposter syndrome about musicals. There are so many other people that know so much more about this. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, <laughs> that's true. I'm trying here. I'm trying. Well, it, it would be funny to um, be targeted by musical I love the modulation people. to the, yeah, 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 yeah. They can try. <laughs> or unstoppable. I come from the rock world. Yeah. We're, really. we're rock stars. I love the modulation yes, to the minor key. Oh, no, it occurs here. Um, where, where does that happen? Um, it's when she says, Just when I thought. Or just when I stopped opening doors, finally knowing the one that I wanted was yours. Making my entrance again with the usual. And then she goes, Sure of my lines. No one is there. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's, uh, that is Send in the Clowns. Great song. Yeah. I don't really have that much to say about it. I guess I kind of said it already. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Should we move on to uh, the next Yes. I'm so segment? excited to hear your song in the style of Sondheim. Sweet. I am a I have wrought, I am fraught, I've been sold, I've been bought, but I'd never have thought there'd be mold among the court, they're taking hold and holding court, so now I fold, I once had all the power, I had all the confidence, I was the hour, I had wealth and confidence. 
common sense now like a flower I must wilt and hide I take the throne from moving train out in the rain. I feel the pain, then breaking down. I hit the ground, the water pounds my fleshy mounds. I hear the sound, I turn around. People abound, start to compound. They see my crown, I settle down. They start to frown and form a crowd. I'm thinking, how'd I end up here? I was the king, now I'm a mere unsightly thing. One to be speared, a ghastly ghoul, a simple fool. My luck it changed so instantly. I'm stuck in mud I cannot see. got to say and there we that have was it. beautiful and i expected nothing less from you I, I knew i knew it would be that good i um although Thank it's you. funny because i haven't heard you with instrumentation like that before because that was like what like one synthesizer and then a vocal panned left and yeah. a vocal panned right which yeah. i love the vocals on the original Broadway recording are like really heavily panned. They are, so yeah. Like, right, yeah. I, I noticed <laughs> that in um in the third part of Now Later Soon, when you have um yeah. Frederick on the I think it's Frederick on the left, Henrik on the right, and Anne in the middle between the two. Which yeah, is yeah, yeah. Really clever. Yeah. But yeah, good. um I also thought you somehow managed to sing both like kind of male and female parts. Like or high and low, without um, <laughs> yeah, without it sounding like too daggy or funny necessarily or comedic, <laughs> I guess, which is cool. Yeah, it definitely sounds kind of kind of crazy at certain points. Yeah, <laughs> I was really s- stretching the limits of uh, what I am able to do vocally. <laughs> yeah, but it sounded great. I mean, like I, I wrote down you had thank an you. outstanding vibrato, especially for the oh, bit thank in you. the um. A simple fool. <laughs> a, ghastly a ghastly ghoul, queen. a simple fool. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't know why. Like, I think because this musical is kind of set in like the, I guess, turn of the century. It's set in the past. I'm just like, mm. my mind just went to like whatever medieval kind of imagery yeah. about a guy who was king or like, 
a bit Shakespearean kind yeah. of stuff. Um, and and, yeah. and the synth is a bit like dungeon synth or like medieval somehow, which is funny to talk yeah. about a synthesizer sounding medieval because that was way before um, yeah. <laughs> synthesizers yeah. were invented. But yeah, there's there's a genre called dungeon synth and it's kind of Ooh, set nice. around like old medieval stuff and they use similar sounding synthesizers. So it's kind of where my brain went, but yeah. yeah. Um, a lot of the cool. chords here are way more interesting than dungeon synth though. These, these really mm. nice kind of arpeggios that slowly would expand and contract out and create different chords. Yeah. Um, in the, in the, yeah, I actually have no memory of, uh, like what the actual of what chords they are. are, but, um, <laughs> well, I won't, <laughs> yeah. I won't, I won't go no, about them too much then. It, it does modulate from B minor to um to B flat major uh, at one point. That's a cool yeah. Um I think I think it's the part where he says thrown from moving train out in the rain. Out in the rain. <laughs> the water pounds my fleshy mounds. <laughs> <laughs> Such a good line. And you know what? Like very appropriate for a Sondheim thing as well. Um Yeah. Visceral. visceral. Yeah, I, I like the and then, yeah, I tried to do the... Oh, yeah. I was just going to say, uh, waiting, wasting, aching longingly. That was like a nice little Lydian moment. It was really floaty and like there was oh, yeah. a lot of yearning in the embedded in the chords themselves, which is cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. cool. Nice. Yeah, it's a bit of that like using the sharp four on the major chord, um, the Lydian thing. Yeah. And then, yeah, at the end, I, I tried to do that on... Um, the now later soon thing where you have these two overlapping mm. melodies and you have like some words are the same um some words are slightly different but trying to make them have the same syllable yeah sondheim is really obsessed with rhyming and like the way that it functions in songs and actually reading about his approach to rhyming has really influenced the way that i try to write lyrics at least i'm not as strict with rhyme as he is mm. but um yeah, I really tried to do a lot of like a lot of rhyming because I love. Yeah, rhyme. between the two um, characters at the end, or, or just throughout, or throughout yeah, the whole yeah, thing, like, I guess. Yeah, I mean, throughout the whole thing, definitely. But yeah, especially at the end, like like someone says chagrin, and then someone says agrin. Mm. You know, like, yeah, just trying to have these like overlaps. That entire section of different is like, words with the same. It, like everything seems to be rhyming or very close to like king, king, sing, sing. Yeah, I'm, I'm reading out the last word of each um part but yeah all my life i used to know yeah. i had known strife right yeah go throne yeah it's um knife wife throat mode. yeah <laughs> it, it's it's funny though i didn't um, my brain yeah. my brain yeah. didn't go all oh, those words rhyme my brain was more like those words end the same those lines kind of yeah yeah but of yeah, course they were rhyming similar thing yeah yeah, yeah, it was, um, I, I'm it's really, I can't explain. It's a weird thing to be really enamored with, but I, I really like your production in terms of having the vocals hard panned because it makes it so satisfying yeah. <laughs> when it gets to the end and they coalesce and you hear both together, filling that space. It's really pretty. Yeah. And there's yeah. a nice bit of reverb. It's funny. It that... almost sounded like you were singing in like a music theater hall or something, you know, like a big, yeah. which is also how this musical sounds. Yeah, yeah, I was weirdly inspired by the uh, kind of strange production of the 1977 mm. original Broadway recording. Where, like, it's got this kind of like funny reverb, and the, yeah, the vocals are really super. Yeah. Um, 
which I wouldn't normally do. And yeah, obviously, I tried to do heaps of vibrato because the singers on this recording, they really go for the vibrato. They do. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I wasn't like super consciously trying to do like that much else similar to Sondheim, apart from the stuff I just talked about. Yeah. Like harmonically, I wasn't really thinking about it. I was just kind of doing whatever. But yeah, I think the influence is just there just because I've listened to it so mm. much. And, and I, I would go so far as um, to say... having the three time. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. triple. Yeah, I, I'd go so far as to say that probably in like a lot of the writing, even outside of this podcast, a lot of writing I hear you do is kind of similar to some Sondheim stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. I had listened to this musical for like three months straight, yeah. pretty much. Like it was almost the only thing I listened to. And that was while I was finishing the musical. I was going to ask together. that, yeah. So, um, so our musical or your musical, which I performed <clears throat> in, um, yeah. stuck on you. Yeah. This was mm-hmm. a, um, this was a like result of listening to. Yeah, I mean, most of the music I'd actually written before getting super into this musical, but um, I don't know. There's definitely some parts of it that are uh, influenced by this yeah yeah i think we're pretty much uh done right um should we wrap it up i have no idea how long this is probably super uh, i think maybe an hour 40 and Whoa. yeah because the last recording was an hour 26 well, um well if you've um made it this far then congratulations uh you can follow us on instagram at music rules cast and yeah, check out A Little Night Music by Stephen Sondheim. Yeah. It's going to be a performance of it later in the year by the Hayes Theatre in Sydney. Ah. Um, Not to be so confused with the Hayes I'll, I will be going Law, to that. Which... Not to be confused with the Hayes, Hayes Code. Code, yeah. yeah. The censorship, yeah. you know, laws. Yes. This will be an uncensored performance. Yep. You'll, see, you'll see all of the people breaking up and being with different partners. Yeah, that's right. Um, thanks so much. You'll see the guy throw the knife into the picture. <laughs> yes, an important scene. <laughs> yes. Yeah, thanks for listening. Thanks so much. Bye. Music rolls. Music, music rolls.